right here we gonna talk about it right here we gonna talk about everything you like i'ma make it real real clear it's today talks right here we gonna talk about it right here i'm gonna talk about everything you like i'ma make it real real quick because it's today talk and i'ma talk about it yeah because it's today talk and i'ma talk about it Welcome to this very special episode of the Tanae Talks podcast. Remember, Tanae Talks is the podcast that educates and entertains. Remember, Tanae Talks and you listen. On today's show entitled Lift Every Voice in honor of Black History Month, I have a phenomenal guest with me in the building, well, virtually, (laughs) and he is the photography Mackie. Um, he began his career in, uh, well, Mackie, excuse me, is a photographer, author, and entrepreneur based in Atlanta, Georgia. He's down in the A. And he began his career in 2002. And um, Mackie first picked up a camera in 2011, kicking off his journey as a photographer. He explored the streets of Miami South Beach, photographing the homeless and sharing their stories on social media. By 2012, his growing love of photography eventually led him to create Dope Heart Media, a creative agency that provides photography, video production, graphic design, and other creative services. But today we'll be focused on his new coffee table book entitled Lift Every Voice. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Mackie to Tanae Talks. Welcome Mackie. Hey, hey, what's going on? And also joining us is my great girlfriend, Maxine. Welcome, Max. Hello. (laughs) And so Max actually connected Mackie and I. So Mackie, tell us a little bit about yourself. I gave gave a brief interview, but tell us a little bit more about yourself. Give me your origin story. Uh, Well, um, I like long walks on the the beach. (laughs) Of course. Um, no, I, I, um, my name is uh, E. Mackey, and um, I'm a, I guess, entrepreneur, uh, photographer, creator. Uh, got a lot of titles, a lot of hats, but um, basically have three different companies. One is uh, Black Spades, which you see here, which is a lifestyle brand. Um, another is uh, Dope Art Media, which is a multimedia. Uh, creative agency so we do photography video production graphic design stuff like that and then finally I have the Black Creative Collective which is the um, publishing company that published the book that I'm assuming that we're going to talk about um, absolutely we're talking about lift every voice on today for the audience I don't know if y'all can see that. <laughs> like disappearing <laughs> with the background. <laughs> it's, it's, it's bleeping it out, but I'll be sure to put it on my social media. And we'll have all links down at the bottom of the screen. Mm. Oh, hold on, wait. I got one. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. So that that is the meat of the matter of what we'll be getting into today. 
Um, so I, I love it. I think that it's very fascinating that you're using your creative juices to give a voice to the voiceless in the Black community through photographs. I think that is dope. And I can't wait to get into it. So Max connected us to how did you and Max, you know, meet each other? Well, so um, was it not last year, but the year before last? Um, 2019. Yep. Yeah, 2019, Black Spades actually partnered with Amazon um, to produce some, uh-huh, it's a your thing. I can't really see it, but. <laughs> Over here, hold on, let me go back. Right. So we, partnered, so we partnered with Amazon. There you go, there you go, right there. Right to create there. A, um, a custom deck, because Black Spades is, uh, we started off as like a playing card company, mm -hmm. um, where, uh, basically created a deck of playing cards that was designed for spades. And so um, I had a relationship or have a relationship with someone at Amazon named Joyce. And Joyce, actually, it, the relationship started as I was supposed to be creating content, like doing photography and video. And then Joyce found out about this company and she was like, oh, well, I mean, I get anybody to do photography and video. I want the cards. So I was yeah. like, okay. So then um, just consulted with Joyce and she said, okay, well, we want something special, da, 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 da. So we basically redesigned the deck and um, created that for Amazon. You can see the Amazon branding right there. Oh, I love it. Um, and then Maxine was one of the people that I met in the process that I'm like, so I feel like I counted like a blessing the day that I met Maxine because she has definitely been a blessing to my life. She oh, definitely black girl magic. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So she really is an angel. You can see our halo. See it shining? Like oh, that? I see it. I see it. I share the sentiment. I share the sentiment. And yeah, Mackie actually, Mackie actually did two for us. So I have them oh, both yeah, here. Actually, too. you forgot about the HBCU summit. So well, I actually, yeah, I actually don't have one of those decks. So oh, mm -mm. send them one. Like, those were like a hot commodity. I couldn't even get one. And you're the creator. <laughs> I, I couldn't even get one. <laughs> I couldn't even get one. Yeah, they were hot off the press. You also did some of your other products too. Remember you did the, um, oh, yeah. the charging cables too? Yeah, so we, we so at Afrotech, we did uh, deck of cards, deck of playing cards, the ones I just showed you here. And then mm -hmm. we also, um, we also did some um, phone chargers. Uh, I was looking to see if I had one close by, but we did cell phone charges as well. So yep. I love how you're like blackity, blackity, black, black, black spades. Come on now. That's yeah. super black. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and the beautiful love... thing about our decks is that uh, it features Egyptian, ancient Egyptian kings and queens. So I felt like if you're going to be playing spades, you should be playing with, you know, a, a deck that looks like you, a court that looks Absolutely. like you, the French court. So, you know, I just thought that we should totally rethink how we play spades and create something that's really for us, you know? For us, by us. Mm -hmm. you, you, you mentioned that B Max has been a blessing to you since you met her. And in reading Lift Every Voice, you rediscovered, I, I wanna say black girl magic in this process. Mm -hmm. you really saw the beauty of black women, you know, behind the Black Lives Matter movement and all that. Can you, Speak on that process and that journey and your eyes just being opened up to that, to them during this process of creating Lift Every Voice. Yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking about if rediscovered is an appropriate word or if it's really 
I don't know if discovered is an appropriate word either. I mean, I knew it wasn't a question about like the greatness of black women, mm -hmm. um, but I don't think that I had the level of appreciation and respect that I probably should have had, if that makes sense. Like the best way I can describe it when people ask me a question like this is like, um, and this might be a little long-winded answer, so I'm sorry. That's fine. But um, the best way that I could um, explain it is like, you know, when the summer happened and everything like came out, the, the white people that we know that we have good relationships with, that we love, that we care about, that we know love and care about us, there were a lot of them that were like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know this was happening. Like, well, where were you? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, we know that they aren't racist. We know that they are well-intentioned. We know that they probably care about us the way that we care about them. So we wouldn't dare call them racist, but they were just ignorant to like- Oblivious. Oblivious. That was me when it comes to black women. Like I obviously don't have a problem with black women. It's just, I was oblivious to like a lot. And so uh, what happened was um, when I started the process of like going out to document the protests, it wasn't about a book. I wasn't thinking about a book. I wasn't thinking about, I wasn't thinking about anything other than I'm tired of seeing us get killed. I'm tired of being on social media, arguing with people that don't want to listen. I, it has to be something that I can do within my power, something that I could do. And I just said, you know, I'm, I'm dope. So I could just go out there and create, I could tell a story. I can make sure that our story is told by somebody that looks like us. So my whole thing was just go out and document as much as I could. Um, well, when I went, I only had enough money to be gone for like two days. Originally, this was supposed to be a two day thing. I was gonna go to Minneapolis, shoot for two days and post and hope that as many people as possible saw the photos. When I got there, um, almost immediately, I was flooded with messages. People were writing me saying, um, what's your cash app? What's your, uh, what's your uh, PayPal? What's your Zelle, Venmo, all of this. And I was like, whoa, I, I didn't ask anybody for anything. They just, people right. just started asking me. And so I'm giving it out as I'm out there, like trying to keep track and just giving it out. And then by the end of like the night, like the first or second day I was there, I had like all this money in my account that I was like, whoa, I, I wasn't expecting that. So I'm right. like, okay, cool. Well, now the, the bill money that I sacrificed to come, I can, I can go back home and pay my bills. Right. And, like, and I'll be straight. I'll just be right where I left off. Well, the, the second night, or I'm sorry, the third night, which was the night before I was to leave, um, a black woman wrote me in my DM and she said, hey, I just want to know, can I get you a hotel? And I was like, well, I mean, I've already paid for my hotel, but um, a bunch of people have been donating money to me. So I guess I could stay a couple more days since I can afford it. Well, she never met her, never, nothing like that. She booked the hotel for like the next two or three days. And then she met me at a protest the next day. And so, um, or a rally or something like that. And uh, you know, when Tamika Mallory was like, arrest the cops mm -hmm. at that event, she met me there. So we found each other in the crowd. She gave me the room key and I was like, oh man, that's cool. Well, what happened was by the time I checked out from that hotel room that she had got me, I had, I think it was, it was either $1,500 or $3,000 of like donations. And I'm like, oh crap, I don't have to go home. I could just go somewhere else. At any rate, what happened was it was so many people donating so much money 
that I was like, oh man, I don't want, on my end, it was like four or 500 messages coming in. Like I couldn't keep track. And so I realized that to the individual person, they are an individual and they're like, man, I just sent this dude money. He didn't even acknowledge me, but they, I don't right. think people knew how much, it was just too much. It was just overwhelming. Said, okay. Yeah, it was overwhelming. And so it's overwhelming with all the messages and then you're going out there and it's super dangerous. And it was my first time being out there. So I had, I wasn't as, now I'll go out there, I won't even think about it because I'm used to it. I know what to expect. Then it was super dangerous. It was just a lot. And so um, I said, I'm going to sit down and go through all these messages and at least like the messages and just let people know that and create like a copy and paste thank you message to send to people. So as I'm going through the messages, um, I realize, are you okay? Did you eat? Do you need me to send you some um, Uber Eats? Do you need a flight? Do you need a hotel? I'm praying for you. Oh my gosh, are you safe? And it was black woman, black woman, black woman, black woman, black woman. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, I don't know these people, you know? And then for them to be saying that they're praying for me and worried about, am I eating? You know, am I safe? Can they do anything for me? I just kind of stopped and was like, whoa. And then I thought about it and I said, well, what if I was a woman? What if I was a black woman? How many black men would have done that? Mm -hmm. And then it went to, wait a second. If I were a black woman, would I have done that? Like what I have messaged and said, hey, what do you need? Are you okay? And then I was like, I probably wouldn't have. And I felt bad. And I thought about like the women's march and like different different things that I've heard black women talk about or women in general talk about and how I'd be annoyed, like, oh, here we go. Instead of being supportive and like listening, I'm like, whoa, this is not the type of man I want to be. And it just, the whole experience just made me realize that I had been unappreciative. I had been unsupportive. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've been dismissive and I had been a part of the problem for black women, even though I wasn't, you have people that yes. just overtly hateful, but yes. in my ignorance, I had been part of the problem. Mm -hmm. And then I just thought about like, wow, as the months passed, as I was on the road, interviewing black women that had been shot in the face with rubber bullets and seeing black women out there crying, seeing black mothers out there cry because their children got killed. And I'm like, looking at the protests, there's no black men out there. Is white people, gay people, and black women. And I'm like, they are out here sacrificing for us, covering us, covering me. It's black women like Maxine and Joyce and like other black women in my past that have, I can trace accomplishments back to black women, like almost everything I've accomplished. And so I just said, I got to do better as a man. Um, and I guess it started with the book. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to make sure that Black women knew how vital they were in the process of creating that book, but not just creating a book, but just creating me. And so, sorry for that long. No, that was, that was answer, beautiful. I have that to was... figure out a way to give that in a shorter way, because people ask that a lot. Okay. I know Maxine is good with strategy and she can help you. <laughs> but you know what there's, there's power in the story and i think mm -hmm. oftentimes yeah. we try to make it succinct and if you're on tv you got 30 seconds but i think this is the kind of platform where you can share mm -hmm. the full story and there's power yes. in that that's super i didn't even know all that and i was following you oh um, yeah and there's so much 
in that story that I know today is going to unpack, but that was powerful. Yeah, that was like I, like I was going to say that, you know, for, you know, TV or something like that, as Max said, you might need to, you know, bring it down. But for Tanae Talks, it was perfect because I was able to feel it and understand it. And being mm -hmm. a black woman, it resonated with me because you used a very key term. You said you had been being dismissive. And mm -hmm. that's what as a black woman and, and Max can relate to it. That's often how we feel dismissed when we're giving our number one work. We're, we're bringing our A game to the table. Um, we never come half stepping. We have, you know, we've been, it's been put on us, be 10 times greater than mm -hmm. our counterparts so that you can, what they can walk to, you got to run to. So the mm -hmm. fact that you, you know, tapped into that dismissiveness and you basically said no more and you were able to touch, feel, see and taste the power and the movement of black women through this process, you know, we salute you and we thank you and we appreciate you for acknowledging us on this journey. You know, as I was reading about, you said you were getting these unsolicited, unsolicited donations. During that time, because in Lift Every Voice, I know you said the, the catalyst to this journey was the death of Ahmaud Arbery. Mm -hmm. And that his death out of all of our, you know, public lynchings that we've seen, that one stood out the most. Did this unsolicited donation, did that confirm for you that you were doing God's work, that this, this particular project was bigger and greater than you as you started receiving those mm -hmm. donations? Yeah, and see, and so another thing too is it's important to understand that Lift Every Voice, again, was not planned. I was not planning on doing the book. So back at this time, there was no no thought or concept of, of a book at all. And yes, to answer your question, but it didn't start with the donations. What it started with was actually when I was going out to document what was going on with Ahmad. So Ahmad's story broke nationally, I'd say about three weeks before Breonna Taylor and George Floyd, that whole thing. So um, the, the week that his video came out. I was trying to avoid it, trying to avoid it. I was like, I just don't have the bandwidth to see another black person get killed and yeah. then be mad. And just, I just didn't have it. And it was the beginning of the shutdowns. And I was so disappointed, like, yo, like it, the world is shut down and y'all still killing this. God, man. You're right. So, so um, at any rate, when I went out to the first rally in, um, where is it that he's from? He, uh, I thought it was Brunswick. from some part of Georgia. Yeah, Brunswick. That's about a four hour drive from Atlanta, four, four and a half hours. So I drove down to that first rally oh. and um, the images, I took the photos of, or got images from that rally and then I posted them. And you know, I'm expecting the same like couple hundred likes or whatever that you would normally get or that I'm normally, I know kind of how my followers, how my stuff is. How they respond to I, your post. Yeah, and when I posted it, that first post got like 10,000 shares. And it was like almost all the people that I had shot that I didn't know, those pictures got back to those people. They had tagged themselves. Oh. Skin. Profile pictures changed. And I'm like, whoa. Like it, it just, it immediately, the, from the very first thing I posted, when I went out, it just took off. The next weekend I went out, um, it was an older white lady named Jane Altman Page. And she was 69 years old at the time, I think she said. And she was talking about how she grew up racist and how 
it was ingrained in her. And every day she had to learn to like undo it. Well, as I was shooting, it was clear that what she was saying was powerful. So I switched my camera from photo to video and I shot the video of her saying that. And then right after she said it, I went to my car and uploaded the video. By the time I got back home to Atlanta, D.L. Hughley had posted. It was like a bunch of celebrities had like posted the video and the thing went like. <laughs> this, I'm supposed to be out here because of all the hundreds of people that are here with cameras and cell phones and all of that, for my stuff to just take off, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, maybe I meant to do it. And so I think it was that confirmation of when, when something is right, it's effortless, right? Like when you, when you do it and you're doing the right thing when you're in alignment, it just flows. Yes. So the fact that it was flowing so quickly and so easily without even trying, I was like, oh yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So, you know, that was kind of yeah. a confirmation for me. I'm getting teary-eyed because I, I know what you mean when you just feel like you're in alignment. I'm just getting chills because going through mm -hmm. this book, the the images and the photos just resonated with me. It, gi it gives me chills to see what you captured. And through this book, you take us from you take us from the past to the present. And one of the things that you touch on is Frederick, Frederick Douglass speech on the 4th of July. Mm -hmm. And it's so important because he says, America is false to the past and false to the, in the present and solemnly binds itself to the false of the future. Mm -hmm. And that's just, that's powerful because mm -hmm. you're using your images to tell the truth of this mm -hmm. nation, this story and how the past with, how you start off historically and bring us to the 21st century at the pulse of this is just powerful. And I really just want people to get this book and how you talk about this white woman who has to, un she's unlearning these mm -hmm. behaviors. That's just what has to happen because mm -hmm. we didn't create this space that we're in. So th they have to unlearn what they've been doing and take those blinders off and stop being absent-minded or dismissive, as you said earlier, to the past because it affects the present. Mm -hmm. Some of these th things that you put into this book, people like to just sum up our history as just slavery. And I, that just happened so long ago. But some of this stuff just happened 30, 40, 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. That's not That's not too long ago. So to me, Mackie, you are the Gordon Parks of the 21st century. Hey, I usually don't like being compared to you, but Parks is cool with me. Yeah, you know, that, and that's what I see you as. You're the cool, hip, you know, Gordon Parks. Um, and something that you said, right, with this Ahmaud Aubrey, and then you went to Minnesota mm -hmm. at the height of this in George Floyd. You quoted and said, I bet this is how the slaves felt. Oh, and I yeah. was like, Whoa. My God, <laughs> you know, I was like, uh, yes, because we often wonder or we often say, you know, in present day, Massa wouldn't have did this to me or I wouldn't have been able to stand by and watch X, Y and Z. Mm -hmm. But we're seeing trauma porn before mm -hmm. our eyes on national news every day. And you said, I bet this is how the slaves felt vivid, watching their loved ones hang, skim, burn it breaks your soul it makes you powerless mm -hmm. can you touch on that well, yeah, I just, 
when I saw the Amon Aubrey video, that's how I felt. I felt, I felt like enraged. I was hurt. Like I, I was sobbing like a baby, like messy, snotty crying. And I'm just like, why am I crying like this over this person I don't know? And then it just, it just was a frustration that I felt that I was like, this must be how slaves felt. Like this must be how it felt as a slave, like as a male slave, this feeling of like the master raping my wife oh. in front of me. And there's nothing I can do to stop it. You know what I mean? I have to sit here and watch it. I'm powerless to stop it. And that must've been how slaves felt when their loved ones got beat and whooped. And it's just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if y'all have children, but mm -hmm. I don't, but I can imagine to see my child being beat and I have to watch that. And there's nothing I could do. And, or, or my wife or a woman's husband or brother, sister. And it's just like, this must be what it was like to be a slave where you had to allow this stuff to happen to you and the people that you care about. And there's nothing you could do to stop it. And so to sit here and say something like slavery was that long ago when it's the exact same conditions now, you know what I mean? Relative, of course. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, that's where that thought came from. It just dawned on me like, man, this must have been what it was like. You're just powerless, powerless and upset. Wow. How does that make you feel, Max, to hear that or even you witnessing the trauma porn, these modern day lynchings? Yeah, gosh, so many things. Um, I think that one of the biggest challenges for me, you know, since last year <clears throat> is that Sometimes I feel like um, when you're talk when we're talking to our fellow white brothers and sisters and we talk about history, um, there's almost an attachment of guilt. So the rec it's almost like the recognition that this history happened means that they're guilty, right? And so that guilt automatically brings these feelings of it wasn't me, right? Like it wasn't me, I didn't do it. However, if you look at the black experience, we still suffer because of the history. We weren't there, you know, we didn't experience it, but we're still suffering from it. So it's just, to me, it feels like a very different reaction of how black people react to history and how we just have to embrace it and keep moving forward and just push and fight and keep, you know, what you just shared about, it's still happening, right? Mm -hmm. And that's because we have this long, ugly history. But I think that those individuals, like the woman that you videotaped who said, hey, I just have to continue unlearning. That's the spirit, right? It's not about feeling as if we're placing blame or we're saying you did it, but it was your bloodline the same way it was our bloodline that's exper that experienced things. And now we're on the receiving end of what's next for our generation. So I think that's the most challenging thing for me is when we're talking to our white brothers and sisters, helping them understand me talking about it and acknowledging it isn't putting guilt on you, right? Right. And however, you do have a bloodline that's connected to this trauma that we were on the receiving end and unfortunately continue to be on the receiving end of. Um, and just really quickly, um, one thing that I love about storytelling, Mackie, is that visual storytelling is so emotive. Mm -hmm. Like there are things that a photo can capture that a speech never will that, you know, and so I think that you documenting this when you when you said you were going to do it, I was elated because this book will land in so many homes, you'll never know the impact mm -hmm. of this book, but it will have impact that you'll never know about. Mm -hmm. And photos, you cannot deny 
that something happened when there's a photo and when there's a video. So it's like that you don't even have to have a conversation. People Mm -hmm. are going to pick up this book at someone's house, not even knowing what this means Mm -hmm. and and be like, whoa, you know, Mm -hmm. here's history. And then here's to today's point, modern day. Like this Mm -hmm. isn't the 1800s. This is 21st century. So I think it's going to extend. And I just think photos and visual storytelling is so powerful and I'm so grateful for people like you with that gift um, because it's, it's very powerful and it leaves a legacy and it's going to last well beyond your years on this earth. That's my hope. You know, that's what I'm praying. Like, I want it to outlive me. I want it to yeah. keep going. It should, you know. It absolutely will. To Max's point, what this book is going to do is collectively shift our consciousness. And I'm, I'm very excited for that. You know, we're coming down to a close of the show. Um but I want to say that public enemy said it best, fight the power. You got to fight the powers that be. And you are fighting the power through telling these stories through powerful images, as Max said. Everyone can be a Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Everybody can be a Malcolm X. And you said in your book, you wanted to find a way that you could contribute to this movement, to this energy that's circulating around. And you chose to do that through picking up your lens and we're appreciative of it. Can you expound just briefly on fighting the power through collecting these images and what that Um, means? Yeah, well, I wanna talk about, well, I I wanna give my perspective on what you just said. I think that everybody can be a Dr. King or a Malcolm X. I just think that not everybody will be, Mm -hmm. Um, but, but, Um, I think that potential is inside of everybody. It's just that some people go for it and some people don't, you know. Um, Some people have the resources and just the life path that makes it easier and some people don't. But um, one thing that I realized about this move or while I was in this movement is I came into it saying, thinking, I don't know why we burn stuff down. I don't know why we in the streets blocking traffic. That doesn't make sense to me. And I came out of it understanding that, oh no, somebody has to throw the rock through the window. Somebody has to strike a match. Somebody has to block the traffic. Somebody has to make the signs. Somebody has to register people to vote. Somebody has to pick up the camera. What I realized was that this is a machine. The movement is a machine. And there's no machine that has the same part. <laughs> like throughout, mm-hmm. each machine has a different part and all the parts come together to make that machine move. And so I just realized that my, my part of the machine was to document. You know, um, I'm not going to set anything on fire. That's just not me. You know what I mean? I'm not going to throw a brick through a window. It's just not me. I'm probably not going to march with a sign. It's just not me. But what I would do is go out there with my camera and document all of it and make sure that it's context to the story and it's, and it's meaning behind why the person threw the brick through the window or why the person marched with the, song, with the sign. The person with the sign may not own a camera. And if they do, they may not have the the experience that I have as far as or education as far as like telling the story through imagery you know or writing it or the the resources or relationships to be able to put it into a book but they have the passion and dedication to make a sign and walk five miles you know Mm -hmm. the person that throws a brick through the window may not have any interest whatsoever in walking with a sign but they have the passion anger and the bravery to say, you know what, I'm willing to go to jail for this cause, you know? Mm -hmm. And so what I realized was that 
I'm kind of answering your question in a different way, but what I realize is that everybody has a part to play. And as long as you play your part, the, the system moves. So I don't know if Maxine went to any protests or not, but, but. Tanae did though, Tanae did. did. <laughs> okay, and so, and so let's just, in, just an example of the machine, right? Maxine didn't go to a protest, but Maxine contributed to me being out there, which That's meant right. that I now had the money to eat, the money to travel, the money and security to say, okay, I'm not taking on any clients. I just need to focus on this book to then be in a place where I could document, create the book that then you get access to and you say, hey, this is really dope. People need to know about this. And then you give me a platform on your show. And so it's three different people that have contributed to the movement in three different yeah. ways that are equal and equally important. You that's, get what that's so powerful. Yeah, that, yeah, like, I just want to know, so just real quick, you need to make some t-shirts that say the movement is a machine. Yeah. Oh, okay. you, whatever. I mean, like, I just wrote that down because I was like, whoa. And it's so important, I think, in our culture, too. A lot of times we we do have a competitive spirit, right? So it's like, okay, well, what are you doing? Are you, you know, and to your point, I mean, think of the movement. Mm -hmm. There were people who supported Dr. King anonymously, right? There are yeah. people who supported Rosa Parks and other people who will never know their names, right? Those who are part of the movement, those famous and those we don't know. Mm -hmm. And it's so true. And it's not about comparing who did what and who publicly yes. did. Because right. in life, a lot of us were supported by people. People will never know who supported us, right? So that's so important. I think that adds the accountability for all of us, that whatever, our, whatever we find our role is, that we can make a difference to do it. Yeah. To do it. And I, and I just like, I just really think like people, people keep giving me this praise and I appreciate it. It feels great. But it's just <laughs> like, to me, the, the one thing I keep thinking about is I was just a vessel. Hmm. I'm, I'm a bottle. Everybody else was the water. What hmm. got the bottle without the water inside? So like, what good is me being able to shoot or have a camera if I can't afford to get to the place to shoot? Or if I get to the place to shoot, if I don't have any relationships on the ground and know where to go, you know what I mean? And so I just think that it's so important that people understand that, like, if you don't go out there, but you sent $100 or $50 to somebody that is, that is important. That is vital. Like, I, like, I went and anticip anticipated being out there for two days. I was going to be out there for two days. Two days, that was it. I was like, <laughs> look where we are. <laughs> and yeah. after in three and a half months, it turned into a TV commercial, licensing images with all these different companies, all these different um, news agencies, worldwide news agencies using my photos. The book came out of it. Now it's an art exhibit. Now I'm going to be teaching like little kids, uh, middle schoolers for type, like all of that because I had water in the bottle. And so I just, people need to understand like those people that are not seen are just as important as somebody like me that's getting the praise because like I, I it could not have happened without people like believing in what was going on and saying, hey, let me play my role. I can't go because I'm scared of COVID. I can't go because I got kids. I can't go because my job won't let me. But what I can do is pour into this young man and push him on his way. I don't have money, but what I can do is send him a message and tell him, 
be encouraged. I'm praying for them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that is extremely important. I couldn't have done it, any of it without people like that. And I love that. And, and that was my whole point in saying we're not all Martin or Malcolm in, in the big way, mm -hmm. but we can do what we can in our small ways. When someone gave Dr. King a meal on his journey, like they sent mm -hmm. you Uber Eats and all of that. So we all can play our role. I just want to thank you, Mackie, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on to Tanae Talks and share your story with us. I would encourage all my listeners to please go pick up the book. <laughs> you can't see it. Mackie, you can pick it back up. <laughs> uh, lift every point. Please go out. <laughs> <laughs> and get lift every voice. The link will be down here in the show notes. Um, so shout out to you, Mackie, and True Tanae Talks Fashion. This is your time to give a shout out. So go right ahead. Well, so shout out to you. And thank you very much for the opportunity to be on the show and like spread the word of it. Shout out to Maxine for not just getting a book for her 